The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio Show on our Northwest Network. Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management has offices in Bend, Eugene, and John Day, serving clients from all over the Northwest. Give us a call today for your free retirement review. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. It's uh, been a beautiful weekend here, or beautiful fall here in the Northwest. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words. Got to get it together here. More coffee. Uh, this comes from FHA on, uh, as of 6.30 of this year, so June 30th this year, U.S. home prices rose by an average of 17.4% over the last year, or 8.1% over the last five years, 6.5% over the last 10 years. So I would say to you, Josh, 6.5%, or I would say most people, if you said how much house prices up in the United States over the last decade, uh, they would say more than 6.5%, right? Yeah. Uh, and why do you think that is? Uh, recency bias. Nope. Why? What is Don? What was Donald Trump really good at doing over his time in real estate? Uh, incurring additional debt, borrowing money, yeah. and so when you add eighty percent leverage to a six and a half percent return, uh, your uh, return goes up okay. magnified by a huge amount. Yeah, of course. And so that's what the people that have a heart. So. And so then, like, let's talk about people would say it's if not you eighty percent leverage, it's five x leverage. Yeah, but let's yeah. say when I say eighty percent, I mean yeah. you're borrowing eighty percent of the money. Yeah. But let's say that you um, put, you know, you you own a most people. If you said, what do you think's been done better over the last decade? So from twenty eleven to now, do you think the S and P's done better or, or house prices in America? Almost everybody, asks, especially Un- in your generation, would say real yeah. estate. And guess what? It's not even close. The S and P has trounced the housing market. It's decimated the housing market. So for all of you that continue to tell me how great real estate is, I, it's not a bad investment. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just not even close to the market in terms of performance. It's it, it, the reason that most of you have this affinity for real estate. One, it's like forced savings, and I get it, and that's the appeal of real estate. But the more important component of real estate and why you think it's so great is because of the amount of leverage that exists in real estate. So if you if you ask my grandparents, or even my parents, really, when they bought their first house, but really my grandparents, we didn't have 30-year mortgages in this country for a lot, a big part of our... And so the 30-year mortgage that was then backed by the federal government uh, has created lots... And then the securitization of that has created lots of problems. Uh, it, it's made house prices go, do what they've done and, and created this wealth gap. But, you know, historically in this country, we didn't have 30... You weren't borrowing money for 30 years to buy a house. That wasn't a thing. My grandparents paid for their houses, uh, you know, by savings money, saving money. Um, and then real quickly, before we talk about uh, health savings accounts and Financial Focus University... I, I'm dumbfounded by the, what's going on in this country, and I know this is going to make me an unpopular pe- person right now for a, a lot of you listening. Uh, and this comes from the CDC. Uh, two years before the polio vaccine was developed in 1955, the U.S. reported 35,000 polio cases in 1953. The most recent polio case in the U.S. was reported in 1979 or 42 years ago. So what I tell you is ask anybody that had polio or know somebody that had polio, which most people of a certain age, baby boomers, know somebody that had polio. Um, polio was nasty, and we've had lots of really nasty diseases in this country. And historically, when we came up with a cure for these diseases, the nation celebrated, right? It was like, hallelujah, we have a cure for this awful disease. I don't know why that's not happening now. It's It's mind-boggling to me that... This country, we have the cure for the, the for the for 
we can get over this pandemic, yet all of these people just are deciding that, you know, it's not for them and it's a hoax and all this stuff. It doesn't make any sense to me. Historically, when this, when, when science, you know, and if, you, if it's your political thing, well, guess what? The president was celebrated. And I think one of his greatest achievements, Donald Trump's greatest achievements, was him fast-tracking the vaccine uh, for COVID-19. That was, he did an awesome job. Kudos to him. But, but why? I don't understand. Like, Go get your shots. Let's get this thing behind us. Like, what is the problem here? We should be celebrating the cure for this deal. And instead, it's politicized. Unquestionably. That, you're just not going to take the bait there? Well, I, you know, I... You don't want to get hate mail like, you know, I'm going to get next week? No, I just don't. You know, the there's so many vaccines that we all take. I just don't understand what... Yeah, I mean, I, so people come to our office and they say, you know, I'm not vaccinated. And I say, well, yeah, you are. What are you talking about? Yeah, you're vaccinated. You're just not, you don't have the COVID vaccine, but you have nine other vaccines and your kids had to get vaccinated to go to school. So like, what's, wh- why were those ones fine and this one not? Well, one of our clients, and he's in his 80s and he was like, he still has his vaccine card from all his years as a veteran. And he's like, I think I've got, I think he said he had like 93 different inoculations over the course. Did he of, get this one? Yeah, yeah, of course. But, the, you know, he was saying like. What's one more out of this this litany of vaccines? And you I've think gotten. about the science that we have now relative to the science we had then. So I mean, come on, people. Okay, let's kick off a financial focus university. Uh, anyways, on the last deal, send all your hate mail to Josh. He can forward it on to me. <laughs> so, what is a health savings account? That's what we're going to talk about. Health savings accounts, I think, are awesome. We both have them. Um, I am so excited. It's my based on my income, I can't contribute to a Roth IRA. It's it's the closest thing for me to a Roth IRA. So health health savings account. Uh, in order to have a health savings account, you have to have a high deductible uh, health insurance plan. So that's the most important thing. Um, it has to be a consumer choice plan. So if you have a run of the mill non high deductible uh, plan through your employer, most likely you don't qualify for a health savings account. But more and more big employers are are one of the options that they offer their employees is a high deductible plan. I have a high deductible plan. I think my deductible is something like thirteen five for my family, um, but that allows me to have an HSA. So what is an HSA? Think think about them uh, as a uh, It's called a health savings account. So I can put in, uh, based on my family amount, $7,200. If you're an individual, it's $3,600 into a a savings account. Most people put them in savings account, put it in a bank. I happen to put mine's at TD Ameritrade, uh, the custodian for my HSA. Lively is who I use as my HSA. The custodian is TD Ameritrade. And literally, I have the same exact investments in my HSA as I have in all the other, my other investment accounts out of my other custodians. Um, And so... I look at this like I, I don't spend a penny of it. I just pay my uh, deductible costs, uh, my health costs out of pocket. Uh, well, I don't, and, and that's the cardinal rule is it's better to use non-HSA assets to cover your health care expenses. And that should be the caveat that we always convey. But the, the other important thing is when you when I contribute to this HSA, I get a tax deduction. I, I don't get a tax deduction on anything other than my retirement plan. I get a tax deduction. It grows tax-free. And then when I use the money, as long as I use it for qualified medical expenses, including Medicare premiums, it's it's going to come out tax free. And so, you know, I, my goal is to have two, three, four hundred thousand dollars in my HSA when I get to retirement as another pool of money that will be tax free when I use it because I'm going to have to spend money on medical expenses. Tell me somebody that's in their 60s or 70s that doesn't have Medicare, medical expenses. They all do. And so I, I would have to spend that money elsewhere anyway. And as long as I take it from this account, it's going to come out tax-free. And so for all of you that qualify for a health savings account, HSA, you absolutely should be doing it. The mistake that a lot of you then make is you're not investing the money. So you need to invest the money so that it can grow over time. And then you're not going to access it uh, to pay for your ongoing medical expenses. You're just going to let it grow and pile up and become this big pile of money. Because we know the health expenses for retirees is a big percentage of their uh, outlay. And and if you have a big pile of tax-free money that you can use to spend, including on your Medicare premiums, Medicare supplement premiums, all that kind of stuff, HSAs are a great option. So if you're a young-ish person, <coughs> let's say 55 or younger, HSA is a awesome vehicle uh, for saving. And it, for me, it's like my closest thing to a Roth that I'll ever get. Who knows? <laughs> They'll change the rules on the HSA, though. All right. If you want to be part of the program, call us. The number is 877-670-7117 or go to our website, financialfocusradio.com, and send us an email. 
If you'd like to take us up on a free retirement view and have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call the office to get that scheduled, 800-743-0988, or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, and send us that email. When we come back, we're going to get we're gonna talk to you about the most common questions and answers about, the, about 401ks that we get. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Tune in to KBND every Wednesday for Experts on the 20s at 620 and 820 a.m. for health and safety tips for the workplace from SAFE. SAFE celebrating the wonder of the workplace online at SAIF.com. In today's expensive real estate market, it's easy to wind up paying too much for a place to live. That's why Alpine Meadows Townhomes is a smart move. They have washer-dryers in the two- and three-bedroom units, designer kitchens that please, one-, two-, or three-bedrooms, and approved pets allowed. They're more affordable than all those brand-new townhomes. Google Alpine Meadows Townhomes on Northeast 6th and Bed. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. There's an easier place to find affordable housing in Bend. Discover Mountain Glen Apartments and make them your comfortable home. Mountain Glen Apartments are conveniently located with washers, dryers in their two- and three-bedroom units and designer kitchens. You can pay more, but you cannot get more value than at Mountain Glen Apartments on the corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. To learn more, Google Mountain Glen Apartments. Professionally managed by Norris & Stevens. Hello there, beautiful CO. This is Christy from the Cosmic Depot. I wanted to propose a toast, if I may. I would like to raise a love-filled cup to all of you out there choosing to make this world a better place today. I see you being patient and empathetic and kind. Cheers to you, big hearts. Cheers to the choices you make every day to accommodate your neighbor, care for your community, and understand that we belong to each other. And it is especially in honor of you that I am bringing in a blooming crop of new product lines to the Cosmic Depot. The universe of cool gifts, tarot and oracle, crystals and specimens, as well as beautiful silver and stone jewelry can be found at the Cosmic Depot. I am happy to explore the furthest reaches of the universe to find the most wonderful offerings for some of my very favorite people on earth. Come on by the Cosmic Depot 10 to 7 daily at 342 Northeast Clay in the heart of Bend and see what's in store. I asked what kind of family she wanted. She said, a family like yours. Learn more about adopting a teen at AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Deschutes Pediatric Dentistry. Did you know pediatric dentists are the pediatricians of dentistry? Deschutes Pediatric Dentistry is a kid-friendly practice, making each dental visit a positive experience. Welcome our newest dentist, Dr. Campbell, to better serve you. Your kids will love Dr. Campbell and Deschutes Pediatric Dentistry in Redmond and in Bend. Deschutes Pediatric Dentistry. Financial Focus Radio Show is online all the time via iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker. Catch past shows online or by downloading the Financial Focus app. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy is Josh Finelli. And we're both partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Uh, this is pretty interesting. Uh, this comes from Sportico. The most valuable NFL football team in the U.S. is? Got to be the Cowboys. 
right? Dallas Cowboys, America's team, they're worth an estimated $7 billion. What? That's so much. That's awesome. The least valuable NFL football team is the Cincinnati Bengals, worth $2.5 billion. That's real money. What, what about the Jaguars? Uh, apparently, they're where worth they, more. Where are they at on that? The average NFL football team, and there's 32 of them, is worth $3.5 bucks. Man, all those owners... Uh, I don't think they ever in their wildest imagination thought that these teams would be worth this much. And then, you know, like Josh is a big uh, Premier League fan, and those teams in Europe are worth a fortune, too. I mean, those are the guys that get paid is those Premier League soccer players. Well, but the you know the NFL guys own. I mean, my team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kroenke owns. But the, my, but the funny thing the about own when you look United. at those salaries of those guys that play, it's crazy. But I get it because they have glo- much more global appeal than the athletes here in the United States. I mean, Messi and Ronaldo and all those guys, their global appeal and their ability to sell stuff. I know, I know Ronaldo got a little, got it on the chin when he uh, was very critical of Coca-Cola. <laughs> essentially a, sh- a sugar, sugar device. Uh, this comes from the Supreme court. And I want to read this because I, uh, I'm a big proponent of helping people that participate in 403B plans. 403B plans are for retirement plans for nonprofits. So think teachers, ch- churches, they, they nonprofits have 403B plans. So the biggest 403B plan here in Central Oregon is St. Charles. So think of nurses and doctors. They're all participants in this thing. Um, but most churches have a 403B. All like the Ben Lapine School District has a 403B. Uh, wherever you live, the school district has a 403B. And so this comes from the Supreme Court. April Hughes, a participant in the Northwestern University 403B plan, sued the plan sponsor five years ago in 2016 for breach of fiduciary duty. The lawsuit was dismissed by a district court in May of 2018, and that decision was upheld in the appeals court of May of 2020. Hughes petitioned the Supreme Court in August of 2020 to hear the case. Uh, A request to the high court accepted the, the high court accepted it in July of this year. The Supreme Court's involvement is expected to provide clarification for district and appeals courts uh, as what constitutes sufficient grounds for similar lawsuits. So I applaud this lady for being an absolute bulldog. Here's the problem. Uh, 403B plans, they are allowed, like the stuff that is in these 403Bs, group annuities, and they let these sharks come into these lunchrooms and sell insurance products to teachers that are unsuspecting. Um, we see so many junk 403B plans. And remember, people, this is the part of the of American society that is doing important work. Teachers, n- nurses, uh, our, our priests. I mean, they're all. This is like they're not they're not doing it for the money, right? These aren't people that are getting paid a ton of money. Um, you know, if you're if you're a municipal worker for this city and you work at the jump, you have a four hundred three B plan, and then there's some shark selling you some group annuity. Uh, it, it just this four hundred three B world needs to be overhauled to be more like the four hundred three B market, where fees matter, more, and these people like are getting market. Yeah, four hundred one k market. It needs to be more like the four hundred one k market, where the fees keep coming down, and they're and they should be getting the best possible retirement plan because they're not making tons of money, and so they shouldn't have some insurance person come and steal more. From them. No, it's even more more relevant to relative to the salaries, and it's sort of a travesty that there's not more regulatory focus on it. Right. So, okay, and it's and it's union based. Believe me. So, um, we get a lot of questions about four hundred one ks. We we don't manage many four hundred one ks, and but we have a lot, obviously a lot of clients that are participants participants in four hundred one ks. And so, I thought what we do is we sort of grouped all these questions, especially as it relates to market volatility, because what happens when we see market volatility, like we've seen in the last month or so, we get a lot of questions, you know, they people will call us and ask about their accounts with us and what changes should be we should be making based on the volatility, and oftentimes it's nothing, but then they ask about their 401ks. And so the first one, uh, this one is the most common, and it's pretty basic. Uh, they say, you know, based on the volatility, should I change my 401k investments? No. <laughs> Next question. Easy answer. Well, so let's talk about how we advise people to make changes to their portfolio. What are the determining factors? Uh, you know, purpose is, should dictate and life circumstance should dictate, uh, you know, your broader allocation, at, you know, with overlaying your appetite for risk and understanding that n- there is no necessarily right answer and that, you know, but to, depending on your stage in life, you may have a different appetite risk, uh, appetite for risk, and so that's a, a very personal inquiry. But uh, in terms of what 
any month to month or quarter to quarter fluctuations should mean on and as it relates to specific portfolio changes for most people uh no that you should absolutely not be making dynamic responses to the broader market once you have your allocation set uh you know, every 18 months or so, you should be rebalancing and uh, bringing your proportions back uh, to their originally contemplated position. But beyond that, no, you, you don't need to do anything. Yeah. So uh, to sum up what Josh just said, it's essentially your life circumstances should dictate changes, not the markets. And that's what implicit in that question from that person or these people is the markets dictating change. No, it's your life circumstances. So the next question is, how can I protect my 401k from a recession? So uh, recessions, you're going to have a lot of recessions over your lifetime uh, and a lot of market corrections. The greatest thing about a 401k plan is most people uh, get paid bimonthly. So twice a month you get paid on Friday. Uh, and that, and when you're getting paid, there's a payroll deduction that goes into your 401k plan. And so if you think about market volatility, uh, it's great. If you're making 24 contributions a year to your 401k, Volatility is your friend in that case. So you're because you're making contributions. It's your static accounts where it's not as much of your friend. But uh, as long as your asset allocation is is correct, just keep contributing through the recession. The one thing we know that all recessions have in common is that they all end. And so because you were making contributions throughout the recession and market volatility, once the recession ends and markets recover, you will be duly rewarded. Uh, next one is should I stop contributing to my 401k? If my employer has suspended their match, uh, not necessarily. Um, you know, there's could be instances depending on your contribution, and I, this is broad generalized advice, so it's not relative to any specific situation. But I'd say, depending on your actual contribution level uh, and what other uh, retirement vehicles you choose to use, there can be circumstances where that could be the case. But uh, as long as your provider, you know, your 401k provider is offering some sort of a match, you absolutely have to take advantage of that. Um, depending on whether or not you have Roth 401k options in there, that's something that you should absolutely uh, take advantage of if it's not available to you elsewhere. Remember, for a lot of you, too, that your income is too high, this is your only way to yeah. make a deductible uh, plan, uh, contribution to a retirement plan. So yeah. do it. Should I take a loan against my 401k? No, 99.9% of the time. What are the what are the circumstances surrounding you having to take a, a loan? Probably not good. Uh, and if you if that loan becomes a distribution and you're under 59 and a half, you're going to have to pay ordinary income on that plus 10% penalty. And a lot of times you're taking the loan for some reason to stay afloat uh, and it's going to exacerbate your problems, but you're still going to owe the IRS money. Uh, and I'd rather own t owe Tony Soprano money than the IRS. Uh, they're going to get their money. They can garnish your wages, your Social Security check. And so uh, that should be your last, last, last resort. But I still don't think people should do it because even in a bankruptcy, your 401k is protected. All right. If you want to be part of the show, give us a call 877-670-7117 or go to our website, financialfocusradio.com and send us an email. When we come back, we're going to talk about what investors have lost during this bull market because we have seen a lot of things lost in this bear market, and we want to talk about those. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, delivered right to your inbox. The short five- to six-minute video helps you keep up with the market trends. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com. sale is going on now come into any local race food place and stock up your freezer with usda beef chicken and pork including these specials fresh ground beef sold in a three pound roll only 9.99 each whole boneless pork loins just 2.99 a pound choice untrimmed tri-tips 5.49 a pound sold two to a package the three-day meat sale going on now through sunday at your local race food place proud to be your local employee-owned grocery store 
the home of your dreams should have the best. D.L. Drury Custom Woodworks can make that happen. Robert and Susan Angley chose D.L. Drury to remodel their kitchen. Kitchen should be efficient. Neither, neither one of us were what you call gourmet cooks, but by God, when you go in a kitchen, you want it to work. I needed a cabinet where I could place all my cookie trays. I don't bake, but, you know, you use them. We wanted no shelves that we had to bend down and go into. So everything here is a pull-out drawer. So everything waste and below is pull-out. They are a great choice because of their customer service. They care. We met all the employees there, and you kind of, this sounds kind of corny, but we kind of felt part of their family for a little bit. So that's why I would recommend them. DL Drury Custom Woodworks, online at dldrury.com. That's D-R-U-R-Y, DL Drury, CCB number 43548. Fall is coming, and Finn and & Fire in Redmond has been looking forward to it after a long, hot summer. They have the gear you need to move from the rivers and lakes to the trails and forests. Finn & Fire is the largest Sitka dealer on the West Coast. Sitka uses state-of-the-art technology and fabrics to make your valuable time in the woods more productive. Whether it's breathable base layers or insulation, Sitka makes gear for every kind of hunt. Italian-made crispy boots are getting rave reviews from hunters across Oregon. Crispy boots are in stock at Finn and & Fire, and they have a great selection for men and women. Crispy uses Gore-Tex liners and Vibram soles, so you know they'll keep your feet dry and comfortable for those long days on the trail. Don't forget to pick up a new Benchmade hunting knife this year and check out one of the new Mystery Ranch backpacks. Finn & Fire, a fly shop unlike any other. Across from Safeway on Highway 97 in Redmond. I'm Chris McCarter with Ben Factory Stores. Radio has definitely helped the Ben Factory Stores. I've been there with marketing for about six years and I've seen a significant increase and I can definitely tell when we use radio to advertise like particular sales and events, we definitely get more traffic driven to the center from that. Combined communication suite of radio, digital, and event marketing tools have been growing Central Oregon's bottom line for over 30 years. Schedule your free consultation at bendradio.com. When your home or business suffers damage from fire, smoke, water, or mold, the name to remember is Summit Cleaning and Restoration. Summit Cleaning and Restoration technicians are IICRC certified. They're experts in restoring your property to pre-damaged condition. Summit Cleaning and Restoration makes the process easy by handling the negotiations with your insurance company. They're on your side as your advocate to make sure that you get the full value of your claim. Summit genuinely cares about how you feel throughout the process of restoring your home or business. And that is something money just can't buy. Learn all about Summit Cleaning and Restoration online at summitclean.com. In emergencies, call their 800 number 24-7. It's right on their website, summitclean.com. They also have full general contractor services and remodeling, offering Oregon fire, smoke, water, and mold restoration since 1978. Trust the restoration experts at summitclean.com. The mission is clear. Give transparent wealth building advice every week. No sugarcoating, just down to earth real market happenings that you can use today. Make sure you follow us on YouTube and get our twice monthly e-newsletter. Welcome back to Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you want to take us up on a free retirement view and have at least five hundred thousand dollars of investable assets, call our office to get that scheduled. 800-743-0988 or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com and send us an email. Just say you'd like a free retirement view. All right, this data comes from SPIVA, which is S P five S P Dow Jones Indexes. Um so what they do is they track – they do a lot of things. They build indexes, but one of the things they do is they track performance of active active mutual funds versus passive mutual funds. Um, and mid- and small-cap managers have lost – so in the beginning, either mid-cap managers, small-cap managers were outperforming their benchmarks. But as oftentimes happens, uh, the benchmarks have – made up that ground and passed the active managers. So again, more data from Spiva. So if you want to 
get that data, you can just go to indexology, indexologyblog.com, and it'll show you uh, all the different asset classes and how professional actively mon- managed funds do against their benchmark uh, and their benchmark indexes. And it's the data is not good for active managers. Uh, and this is not our opinion. It's just the facts, uh, at least from Dow Jones. So um, even in the small and mid-cap category, which is so many professional money managers say, like, this is where our advantage lies. Which statistically is actually the complete opposite of the truth because it's the worst category of underperformance, even uh, bad compared to large-cap stocks. It's they don't nine, let the truth get in the way of good story, my friend. Over a 20-year period, uh, underperform. And you know, the, the great saying in the investment business is don't let the truth get in the way of good story. That's also true for politics. <laughs> Trump is a good example of that. But, uh, you know, this is... We just like to deal in facts, and factually, it's just not true that large or mid-cap and small-cap managers outperform their benchmarks. Um, and then Josh sent me this from Charlie Bellello. I don't know how to say that guy's name, but he, this comes on from Twitter um, at the compound. Uh, the S&P 500 maximum drawdown this year uh, was 4.2% on a closing basis, so meaning from the high point in the market to the maximum draw- drawdown so far this year uh, has been a 4.2% decline. If you go back to 1928, there are only three years that have had a smoother ride than this year. Uh, that was 1964. The maximum drawdown that year was 3.5%. Two, uh, 1995 was 2.5%. And, ni- and 2017 was 2.8%. So statistically, this has been a really low volatility year so far. Even though because of the recency bias, a lot of you have, uh, and we've seen volatility as of late, you think it's been a volatile year. But um, this is only the fourth most volatile year going back to 1928. So statistically, statistically, that's pretty significant. We'll see how the year ends. If the Fed starts to taper in November, that could change. But so far, this has been a very smooth ride. And if it's freaked you out thus far, eh, maybe you should change your allocation is my suggestion. Yeah, I remember context. S&P still up 16% year to date. That's no, definitely one of the... Uh, it's a top decile performance year uh, historically. And that's for the S&P, though, but we've seen definitely bifurcation and divergence in different markets. And so a lot of you, your portfolio doesn't look like the S&P 500. It looks more like the NASDAQ. And uh, obviously, the, the, if you own different parts of the technology market, especially in the last month, you've seen a significant drawdown. And so I guess it really depends on what you own in your portfolio that will determine how much volatility you've seen in your portfolio. Okay, let's talk about what you as an investor have lost in this bull market. Now, this isn't all of you. Uh, this is some of you, but and it's really directed toward uh, certainly recent participants. Josh had a prospective client meeting where the guy had been a uh, an investor in the market for a year, uh, and I, apparently he thought he was the next Buffett, and, and he knew everything, and we know how it's going to end for him. Unfortunately, uh, for his wife, uh, she was trying to do the right thing and hire us, but he's gonna, he knows better, and Tesla's going to be the most valuable company in the world someday. <laughs> uh, so investors who no longer fear their bets could explode are seeking out risks that they don't have to take. So let's, let's unpack that. So right now, there are a lot of you out there that, like the person I just mentioned, that are seeking out risks that you don't need to take. So there's this asymmetric risk that people are taking that doesn't make sense, where the amount of risk they're taking relative to the reward is extreme. And it's in all parts of the market. So uh, there's a really great story in the Wall Street Journal. Um, uh, There's a guy named Robert Gilmore. Uh, He's 69 years old. He lives in Dallas-Fort Worth. He started trading full-time in January of this year. At one point, he says he was using about 200000 in margin or borrowed money. He held 160 different stocks or sector funds, uh, a number that he himself called ridiculous. Mr. Gilmore has scaled back. He's no longer trading as heavily on margin, and he's down to 96 holdings. But he can't seem to stop himself. On August 30th, Mr. Gilmore spotted Zoom video communication stock fall sharply after hours. He said to himself, I'll just load up and make a killing tomorrow when it goes back up, he recalled. The next day, guess what? The stock went down 17% instead. Uh, he also took a bath and swore he'd never do it again. He also he saw uh, a week later Wells Fargo was down that night, so he bought it and paid the price the next day when it fell another 5%. He's a retired accountant, mind you. Uh, Mr. Gilmore logs all his trades several per day on a spreadsheet. He's made about 18000 in profits since he began trading full-time. He admits if he just parked the money in an index fund, he'd have a lot more money, he says with a rueful laugh. 
It's not such a good way to invest, maybe, but it's kind of become my life. So I don't understand this. This makes no sense to me. We talk about this all the time that, um, you know, being a good investor is one of these things where you don't have to be a genius. You just have to have good temperament. It's very easy to do in today's world because you can index and be a top decile investor globally. But this kind of stuff is happening. These kind of this guy. He says, okay, Zoom's down after it's gone up, so I'm going to buy more without even t- thinking about the fundamentals or you know what the company's future looks like. He's just buying the stock based on momentum, and the market is full of these buffoons now. Well, we touched on this earlier, but you know, as it relates to discount rates, and there's a great paragraph in this Wag article where it's, you know, it says, in years past, you could typically earn about 5% on your cash without any risk other than losing your purchasing power. So you had to gain at least 5% to justify taking a risk in the first place. Seeking risks wasn't safe. Avoiding them was. And that's the whole idea behind they're not necessary. You know, negative real rates across the entire treasury curve has just created the dynamic where there's no actual opportunity cost and everyone's just throwing stuff against, the- throwing money against the wall and hoping it sticks. And uh, if the cost of capital returns to... You know what the natural real rate of interest should be. Uh, that is not a world where that works any longer, and uh, businesses that actually make money uh, tend to be preferenced by investors. And that's, uh, you know, that's the dynamic that we hope uh, we're returning to. Well, well and the, we all know that the Fed has created this problem, right? They, yep. it's, it's, they're trying to create the wealth effect, make people go out of safe assets and into risk assets, pushing up assets prices in general, pe- making people feel richer. It, it, it stimulates economic activity. We all know that's how it works. Uh, but what people have forgotten is how quickly markets go down. And so the risk-taking behavior that's going on, a lot of it doesn't need to be taken. Like that guy that I just described, if he just put his money in the S&P, he'd have way more money, and yet he's taking all this risk that he doesn't need to take. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's behavior that makes absolutely no sense. And what people forget is, you know, you go back to the, just the coronavirus correction, right? And you, 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 you remember it differently than it was. When it was happening, it was frightening for everybody. It was frightening uh, because they didn't know what was going to happen, and then specifically as it relates to markets. But people remember it differently than when it was happening, and so their behavior isn't uh, doesn't act doesn't correspond to how that should. And the difference between Josh and I and, and these people, or a lot of you out there listening, is that we are managing other people's money. It's their retirement money. They're very dependent on it. I never forget the financial crisis. I never forget the 2000 through 02 period. I never forget big market corrections and how it feels and how retail investors feel. But a lot of you out there do. The other thing that you do is you do this ridiculous anchoring on your portfolio. You say, the all-time high in my portfolio, any money lower than that, I'm losing money. That's not how it works. And so a lot of you have lost what actually matters in investing through this bull market because, you know, for a lot of different reasons. But really, it's simple asset allocation, and you're going to beat yourself trading or all the other professional traders out there uh, really easily in a tax-efficient way. You have to take risks. We all know you have to take risks. You don't have to seek them out, especially when ever-rising prices make the market riskier than it feels. The market right now is riskier than it feels to a lot of you. Don't forget it. Markets go down faster than they go up. All right, if you want to be part of the show, call us 877-670-7117 or go to our website, financialfocusradio.com, and send us an email. When we come back, we'll tackle some of those emails, so stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with the Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 
I'm Doug Morgan, and I own Red Wrench Cycles. You ride a Harley? Evos, Twin Cams, Revolutions, and M8s. Red Wrench Cycles is a full-service Harley shop with three HD mechanics totaling more than 30 years in dealership experience. 541-480-4282. That's 480-4282. Located in Redmond, our reputation for quality work and customer service is second to none. That's why from John Day to Albany, Burns to Klamath Falls, Eugene to Spray, or the Dalles to Marysville, California, California, folks know my name and bring me their bikes, service, customs, accessories, motor work, Wednesday night bike nights, and our buy it there, bring it here program. We've got your master level diagnosis and installation handled. You got a winter plan? To get more complete details on who we are and all the ass we kick, check our more than 45 star reviews and our vibe on Instagram, Facebook, and our website. Red Wrench Cycles, brains, balls, and customer service. Who's working on your bike? Hi, I'm John Bullock, Executive Director of the Redmond Proficiency Academy. It's a great time of year to plan for your upcoming school experience. Applying now gives you your best chance to secure a place at RPA for this fall. Our proficiency-based model allows students to excel in college prep programs or to get back up to speed if they've fallen behind. RPA has always worked to revolutionize education, and we continue to guide students from where they are to where they want to be. Sometimes families living outside of Redmond express concern about travel to and from school. Our partnership with Cascades East Transit allows students to ride the bus using their RPA student ID as a bus pass. So don't let travel time stop you from checking out RPA. And since your student can still play sports in their district, RPA is a win for your family. If RPA sounds like a good fit, visit rpacademy.org to apply. That's rpacademy.org. Freedom to be yourself, support to try new things, and guidance as you plan for your future. RPA, education as unique as you are. In today's expensive real estate market, it's easy to wind up paying too much for a place to live. That's why Alpine Meadows Townhomes is a smart move. They have washer dryers in the two and three bedroom units, designer kitchens that please, one, two, or three bedrooms, and approved pets allowed. They're more affordable than all those brand new townhomes. Google Alpine Meadows Townhomes on Northeast 6th and Bend. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. There's an easier place to find affordable housing in Bend. Discover Mountain Glen Apartments and make them your comfortable home. Mountain Glen Apartments are conveniently located with washers dryers in their two and three bedroom units and designer kitchens. You can pay more, but you cannot get more value than at Mountain Glen Apartments on the corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. To learn more, Google Mountain Glen Apartments. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Your smile is your greeting to the world. Let Denture Artistry Implants Crowns Veneers make it beautiful. Dr. Smith and Dr. Tom are devoted to providing an exceptional patient experience and making quality dentistry more affordable for our community. Our technology and in-office lab allow us to make crowns and veneers in the same day. Our denturist customizes your dentures right in our in-office lab for fit, function, and beauty. Book your complimentary consultation today by visiting our website, dentureartistry.com. <coughs> retirement review meet with a northwest quadrant investment advisor today for free it's our offer to you as a listener to the show give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review 800-743-0988 again 800-743-0988 welcome back thanks for joining us on financial focus radio we're going to tackle one last segment of uh, emails. So if you want to send us some more for next week, go to financialfocusradio.com. Send us an email. Um, this goes along kind of with the last segment I was talking about. You don't. There are people that are seeking out risk in their portfolio. That's not asymmetric. That you you want your port you want your risk to make you want your return to be asymmetric with the risk you're taking. And a lot of you are taking risks that aren't asymmetric with the returns you're going to get. Uh, and so that's an important thing to understand is that the risk return you're, you're taking. So if you look at like high yield bonds right now, triple C bonds, which are 50% of them default in a recession, uh, you know, the yield on those is 4% or Not less right now. Just a 
the normal business cycle. Yeah, it doesn't but, even take a recession for fifty. But let's say in a fall. recession. Yeah. So, but so if the yield is only four percent right now, does it make sense to get paid four percent for something not. that could go to zero? But a lot of you are taking that risk, and so there's a certain um, asset manager, asset manager run by right now. Everybody thinks this woman is a superstar portfolio manager. She, they think she can do no wrong. There's sort of a cult following. Uh, their their uh, flagship ETF is down 30% below its uh, February high. The S&P 500 is 4% below its high that it reached in the beginning of September. So, uh, you know, this is one of those deals where it's like, why? And, and this also, this woman in her portfolio ha- has stocks that she wants to get out of them in a liquidity crunch. She's not going to be able to. And so, again... By putting your money in these things, you're taking a bunch of risk that isn't going to reward you with great returns in the future relative to doing something that's really easy like owning the S&P 500. So I would just be very, very careful about taking a risk that doesn't make sense from a potential return standpoint. Uh, The other thing Josh shared with me last week, and this comes from FA Magazine, Financial Advisor Magazine, uh, total annuity sales are up 40%, the highest since the Great Recession. So annuity sales... Uh, last month hit a record seventy billion dollars. That's a forty percent increase over last year. Um, so what happens when we see volatility in markets? So-called financial advisors, and I say that very loosely, they're salespeople. They sell their clients and their prospective clients an annuity with a living benefit, and they say, or an index annuity or whatever kind of annuity they uh, want to get paid the most on. And so be very careful when we see volatility. This is when the salespeople come out and they have seminars about how to protect your retirement income and how to protect your portfolio in a recession. And really all they're doing is trying to sell you an annuity, some form of annuity that is great for them because it pays them a gigantic commission, but it's a disaster for you. So be very careful because annuity sales very Very up. fertile environment for the VA business. Yeah. VA stands for variable annuity, but there's all sorts of kind of annuities out there. All right, let's kick off a financial free-for-all. We got an email from a Doug B. and sisters. Uh, Doug says, what's your take on managing one's 401k IRA and taxable account using stock charts, i.e. buying and selling ETFs or stocks based on trends, momentums, etc.? It seems that it seems there are trends that I could follow to make more or less. Or lose less. Is this possible, or am I crazy? Uh, I take the latter. Um, you know the. Well, you're not crazy, Doug. We understand why you're thinking that. Remember the informational asymmetries that we always talk about, and you know, in all you, parts of life. Yeah, in all in all parts of life, and you know, the notion that you are going to be able to uh, use technical analysis and some of these trends that. You know, I thought you were going to take the other side of this. You come in with your MACD charts and your Bollinger Bands all the time. And... I love a good Bollinger Band. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the reality here is that market participants, the, the, all, the vast majority of institutional market participants have a huge information asymmetry over you, and uh, they're not able to effectively use these tools to their advantage. So the question that you should be asking is, how are you going to be able to do so? And, uh, you know, the, the data bears us out here, but just don't even try. Doug, there is no other industry, maybe other than the lottery, uh, where hindsight is twenty twenty, other than in, in the investment business, right? So, like, if I knew what was going to happen or, or when I look back, it seems like things should be obvious. Uh, but, you know, I, I always tell people, like, it's not, you know, if you think you know what's going to happen in the future based on charts or momentum or whatever, you may be right in the short term, but, you know, actually trade fake money, you know, build a a, a, a portfolio, a fake money portfolio and trade it and, and do these things that you're talking about. And over time, and when I say over time, a market cycle, you're going to see how unbelievably hard it is to predict the future. Markets are very good at making very smart people look very stupid. And that's that's just been true since the beginning of markets. Because remember, you know, just because you think something's going to happen or everything points to something that's going to happen, it generally can go the other way and and really confuse you. So, you know, it seems easy when you look back at the financial crisis or you look back at certain market environments, you say, oh, how did I not see that? And guess what? There were some people that did see it, but it was a small, small, small minority that did see it. And obviously they've been publicized quite a bit. And markets markets just humble the greatest of minds. And that's what's so so awesome about them is it's just, you know, and the longer you participate in them, the more humbling they become. And you just gain even more respect for the people that are 
able to demonstrate uh, you know that advantage sustainably over time because it's not just about being right once it's about being right again and again and continuing to compound that which becomes uh increasingly more difficult over time and doug like the way we know what's going to happen with somebody like you that's doing this you're just going to keep whittling down your returns especially your after-tax returns until you just would have been better off almost in a money market doug the reality is when it's such an easy solution to just be a participant in the capital markets and buy and hold uh, and do really well, why would you do anything else? Just realize that you're going to have periods of, of white knuckling. Uh, here we got an email from a Brian G. Uh, what does your firm do when the stock market takes one of those big nosedives? Do you go to cash or do you just ride it out? Uh, depending on if Josh our... and I go to cash, everybody else we make ride out. No. Depending. <laughs> Depending on if you know our rules-based uh, thresholds have been triggered, uh, if if that is the case, you know w- what it entails for us during a significant market decline is actually selling our risk reducers and buying return enhancers. And the intention of owning those risk reducers is not to try to pick up pennies in front of the steamroller, but for them to actually be a stable value during a broad market decline. And then we're able to generate opportunity with that money. So, Brian, what we're doing is we're actually buying the stuff that's nosediving. So not only are we not going to cash, we're actually buying the asset that's going down the most. Because how do you make money in markets? You buy low and you sell high. Or you take risk when other people aren't willing to. Right. So, And that's really Buffett's genius, right? Be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. And that's how you make money in any asset. Uh, and so, Brian, any firm that you know tries to time markets that you're considering hiring – um, grab your wallet and run the other way because it's going to result in low returns. It sounds great. They might have some proprietary way they're going to go about doing it. It's all BS. All right, that's our show this week. Everybody, we appreciate you spending some time with us. We'll be there back here next week. See you then. been listening to partners of Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management on the radio show Financial Focus. Remember, you can email or call with your questions anytime during the week. Visit financialfocusradio.com for more information. See you next week on Financial Focus. Any opinions expressed herein are given in good faith and are subject to change without notice and are only correct at the stated date of issue. Past performance is not always indicative of future results. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Securities, financial instruments, or strategies mentioned may not be suitable for all investors. Prices, values, or income from an investment mentioned in this report may fall against the interest of the investor and the investor may get back less than the amount invested. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs and is not intended as a recommendation of particular securities, financial instruments, or strategies to you. Before acting on any recommendation on this material, you should consider whether it's suitable for your particular circumstance and, if necessary, seek professional advice.